0: My counselor, Rand Teed, he's a national treasure. Here's his one fundamental thing Don't be a dink. So it would be pretty sad if the NFL came out and restricted the media even more. Hey, Devontae, you're storming off the field. Maybe, and there's a guy cutting in front of you. Maybe just stop. How about that? How about that? That's it. Life comes down to don't be a dink.
1: This is the Rod Peterson Show.
0: It is. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show. It's hour two, and uh, let's get it going. It's a very big day in Calgary. Where's my bell? Same day for the Flames. The Florida Panthers are in town. Of the nine in the NHL tonight, that's the biggest game. Matthew Kachuk's return, and they're still celebrating in Edmonton. They're still gloating somewhat that the Oilers came back, and I can't remember what the exact time frame. It was less than a minute between them tying the game and sending it to overtime, and then winning the game in overtime. It was like 59 seconds, the fastest ever. And uh, yeah, if we can bring the Moose back in, he is in the T-Dot, the Moose here. Uh, Tell everybody that we're live on YouTube right now. YouTube Live, we're also on WQEE Radio in Noonan, Georgia, and also on Game Plus TV. So Moose, near the end of hour one, and I should remind people that Gus is coming up here in hour two to talk NFL, but this viewer, Eric Ellis, wrote in and said his very first NHL games tonight: Flames, Panthers in the Saddledome. Matthew Kachuk's return. Can you imagine? And to be <laughs> honest, well, my mind, my mind immediately went to my first NHL game, and I've told the story before, but I got to tell it again because everybody keeps telling me you got a new audience and people are just discovering who you are and blah blah blah. So it was 1984. Family loaded up the station wagon, and we drove from Milestone, Saskatchewan. And by the way, first regular season game. We went to preseason games. They don't count. That was in the agrodome when the St. Louis Blues had their training camp in Regina. So we went to the Orders and the Blues. Andy Moog was in goal for the Orders. Greg Millen was in goal for the Blues. And I was mad because I wanted to see Grant Fear. I was eight. (laughs) And uh, the orders won 4 142. We sat in the very top row at North Ladens Coliseum, and it was amazing. And I remember driving down white, white mud. Here's the eight year old me in the middle of the back seat of the station wagon going, Wayne Gretzky probably drives down this street, this road right here. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't just about the game, it was about the entire whole experience. I want the viewers and listeners to write in and tell me where was your first NHL game? 902-518-3033 or in the YouTube feed. I've asked you yours, Darren, but I forget. What was it?
2: Yeah, I think it was 2007 or 2008. It was in Vancouver. I was there on a spring trip. Didn't even realize. It was by accident. I didn't realize that it was a playoff game in the opening, one of the opening uh, Uh, games in Vancouver. They were playing the Dallas Stars. And this is when the Canucks were pretty good. And we got tickets last minute from the scalper outside. We sat up in the second deck right in the corner. And the game went to four overtimes. I remember the fans chanting uh, Marty Turco's name, Turco, you suck, right? Mm. We had a towel on the back of the seat, said, we are all Canucks. And they ended up scoring. The Canucks won in four overtimes. We rode the Sky Train back with all the Canucks fans, and it was an awesome experience for your first game to go into that market. The home team, they win it in multiple overtimes, and then you ride back with the fans. Uh, it was pretty cool, and that's why I have a little attachment to the Canucks as a Western Conference team. Oh, dude, was just talking to a guy the other day about that, and
0: I got to stay on track here. From our viewers, John in Edmonton says, my first NHL game was Northland's Coliseum in Edmonton. From Northside YEG says first NHL game was at the New Rink 2019 Oilers Jets. He's saying that Rogers place. From Braden Wozniak, our one of our interns, my first game was in Vancouver watching the Canucks, right behind the Dallas Stars bench. Was a big Jamie Ben fan. From my cousin Christine in Madison Hat says my first game was in Calgary. When they scored, the flame surprised me. Big th- <laughs> They let off a fl- two flames in there. That would burn your eyebrows if you weren't paying attention. That's Saddle on yeah. uh, games. It's, it's awesome. From Plotter, my first game was in 2009 when the Leafs got killed by the Penguins at home. From Robin Wildly in the Gateway to the North, my first game, Northlands, Edmonton versus the Islanders. That was when Rich Pilon and Linden played with the Islanders. You can definitely tell when Pilon was on the ice, just his size. And his nose. From John Ohm, <laughs> Ohm. my first NHL game, 1981, Philly at the Jets. I sat in the private box of the Fort Gary Hotel. My uncle was the bartender. And uh, from Rod Monroe, the father of our producer, Clark, he says, Northlands as well, Rod, had son Scott and producer Clark with me. Dallas against the orders, Madano and crew, amazing atmosphere. And from BW in Edmonton says, nosebleeds, a.k.a. 300 section of the old Northlands Coliseum. What do we, an Edmonton show today? What do our analytics (laughs) show? This would be a good time to mention that we've long known, we've got a lot of viewers in Edmonton, but they don't comment. They just sit there. Yeah. They don't write in. They rarely ever comment in. Off the top of your head, do you remember the top five cities for audience for the RP show.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's Re- Regina, Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, and Saskatoon are the top five cities there you go. for viewers shipping this <laughs> show.
0: You got the Prairie provinces covered there right now. Yeah. Um, but George, true. Georgia's make making a run right You said New York is in the 10th, 10th oh, spot, man.
2: right? Yeah. New York is up there. Um, as you know, a lot of fans in Ohio, um texas california uh, for you know u.s viewership and then obviously we're growing in in markets out here like toronto and uh, montreal and vancouver and halifax uh, is another pocket of of viewership for this city so for the yeah. show so it's a lot of fun let's
0: make a little noise wherever you are and i forgot to mention that darren is in toronto right now and uh, i'm going to ask you about the Raptors next but Back to the big board, the text line, the 902, Edmund, who incidentally was my very first ever statistician on football broadcast, He says, I saw my first NHL game, Maple Leaf Gardens in Toronto, November 1970, prior to the Grey Cup. How about From that? From Devon and Burns Lake, BC. My first NHL game was Valentine's Day, 2017, Stars versus Jets. I had the thought of bringing a forgetful cap in case someone's to score three. Oh, a hat he doesn't need. Yeah. But shrugged it off. It won't happen. Sure enough, line A puts three in. No hesitation. I threw out my favorite Jets hat. <laughs> do people do that? Do they take a hat they don't want to the game in the event that there's a hat trick? That's some serious
2: forethought right there. Chris, uh, I don't have enough planning for that.
0: No, those hats are too expensive too, by the way. And, and every hat that I have means something to me. Every single one. Even that Regina Pats hat that I got this summer that had a 100-year logo on it, I'm like, you give me a five-year-old hat. Because their logo, their 100th anniversary was 2017. But I'm like, you gave it to me for free, so thank you. That's the phrase, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Do you even know what that phrase means, by the way? Because I do. Do you know what it means? You've heard it. Take me to
2: it. Don't look a gift horse. Yeah, I've heard it plenty. You know what it means? Yeah, when somebody's offering you something, take it. Don't be disrespectful, but I don't know the origin of it. If somebody gives you a, ho- a horse as a gift,
0: don't look in its mouth to see how long its teeth are, to see how old it is. Just say, thank you. Just take it. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. That's the wow. Frame. So anyways, Chris in Surrey, BC says, first NHL game, Canucks and Blackhawks at Pacific Coliseum. Can't remember the year. But Bobby Orr was with the Hawks. How about that? How about that? I had a, oh. Hot
2: damn!
0: I know. When I was a kid, my parents gave me a jigsaw puzzle that was Bobby Orr as a Chicago Blackhawk, and it just blew my mind, because whenever you see all these highlights later on of Orr of Bruin, I'm like, but he's a Blackhawk. Like, I was very little. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it just, uh, they should never, any photos of Bobby Orr in Blackhawks, jersey should be burnt. Glenn Erickson's watching in Medicine Hat, and I might add, happy birthday, Glenn. He says, 1980, sitting in the nosebleeders at Pacific Coliseum, Canucks versus Minnesota. Thomas Gredine versus Dino Cicerelli. Classic. By the way, thinking of Dino Cicerelli makes me think of those Minnesota North Stars jerseys. And by the way, I was thinking about this over the weekend. The viewer had asked how I feel about the Minnesota Wilds retro reverse jerseys that are green and gold, but they have the current Minnesota Wild logo on them. And I said they, they, they they're a cheap imitation of that old North Stars logo. You know the Stars own that logo, the N. They wouldn't, they would, the yeah. Dallas Stars would own that, so they can't put it on anything, which is unfortunate. It's like, could you make some sort of rip ripoff of, rip of that N? Because it's not the same. But... Our poll question today for Capital Automall, Universal Collision Center, by the way, is the first of our winter-long bracket challenge, and that is who has the best retro reverse jersey in the National Hockey League, and the very first bracket we're putting up against each other are the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning, and on Instagram, 88% are voting for the Florida Panthers, Obviously. For the viewers, it's the jersey on the right. Come on, anything baby blue. Baby blue. George Strait sings about it. That Tampa Bay jersey looks like somebody puked on it. So Florida (laughs) is moving on. Florida's moving on. Unfortunately, this is not what happens on the ice because when Florida and Tampa go head-to-head, it's Tampa that moves on. But it was Moose's idea, by the way, to go. You're going right after the jugular here on Florida-Tampa. That is
2: a clash of the titans. And the very the very first yeah. one. I know. We battered it around about doing some of our divisional rivalries right out of the gate. And uh, you know, so this is number one eleven Eastern. It's one eleven eastern. Yes, it is. Just pointing that out.
1: Yeah. Beautiful.
2: We'll probably do Edmonton Calgary pretty early. We'll probably do Toronto, Montreal pretty early. Um because they all got to meet at least in, in one of the early rounds, but um, yeah, we'll we'll be putting the whole bracket, uh, the entire bracket, put together, and it'll go out on our Instagram so people can see it. And then throughout the winter, we'll we'll uh, crown the champion. Terry in Calgary
0: says, "1963, Montreal Forum against the Wings, my team. I was 11. You don't forget that stuff. And one of I have very few regrets in my life, but one is." I didn't get to this point in my life in time to get to the Montreal Forum, Chicago Stadium, Boston Garden, Olympia, the Joe in Detroit, all those places I didn't get to. I could go now, but I'm at a point in my life where I just want to sit here in South Florida and go to Panthers games and Dolphins games and Hurricanes games and Chiefs games. I just want to sit here. <laughs> I, don't want to, yeah. I don't want to travel too far. I'm loving it. Um. So – Moose was at the Raptors game last night. They won over Cleveland, 100 to 88. The Atlanta Hawks lost again. Come on, Hawks. You got to pick it up. Here come the Hawks at Philly. John in Edmonton wants to know if you've gone to the Toronto sports network yet while you've been out there, AKA TSN. They want to know what you've been up to.
2: Not yet. I've been downtown at the Rogers campus, but not to TSN yet. Um, but it's been around, spent some time at Air Canada Center or was Air Canada Center, geez, Scotiabank Arena, dating myself. Yeah, um, and be honest, as a Leaf fan, it's my first time in the building. So every time I come out to this city, it's been on business or for work and hasn't been to come watch a game. So hopefully, we'll get in there for a, for a Leaf game Wednesday night. I think they welcome San Jose Wednesday, It'll be my first time in that building. And I never got to see Maple Leaf Gardens as a kid, I just thought that I would get to Maple Leaf Gardens. And then when they announced the last game and they were going to have it on Hockey Night in Canada, I'm like, I have to go. Every fiber in my being, I'm like, I have to go. And I'm going to go. But I never told anybody. Never told mom and dad. Never told anybody that it was my dream to go. And so, of course, it never happened. And then I was really sad. You got to put it out there. Watching that last game. You got to put it out there. So you got to put it
0: into the universe.
2: Um, Ryan
0: Marushak, the Shack is watching in Saskatoon, and he says, the Panthers jersey is nice and crisp. Baby blue is awesome. Yeah, I just don't know how you could go wrong with anything that has blue in it, particularly baby blue. I'm just not a fan of the Vancouver Canucks retro reverse, but that's just me. Does uh, Justin Dunk get recognized on the concourse at Raptors games? That's who Darren went with, (laughs) Justin Dunk. Tell me. You're laughing. Was he recognized? No. Not once. Okay. Um, Allie in Texarkana says, was the color of her eyes. I'm murdering this George Strait song, Baby Blue. I'll just stop, (laughs) but she knows it. Like the Colorado skies. Um, This is not a surprise why... Good one, Rod. This is not a surprise why... Winnipeg is number two for viewership now for the RP show, and audience because, listen, I was in Winnipeg for CFL um, CFL Week. Remember when they used to do that? And our good friend Dave Patrician, the guy that's the clone of Guy Fieri, our good friend the sports doctor Dave Patrician, yes. he took me to a moose took me to a moose game because the Jets weren't in town, and we did loser laps around the concourse at Bell MTS Place, which was the name of it at the time. And people were catcalling me from across the concourse. And the sports doctor was like, are you kidding me? I said, it doesn't, people yell at me all the time in Winnipeg. They didn't like me. But the second I left the Rough Riders, it changed. And then I was one of them. So the point is, when we went to television in Winnipeg, and obviously YouTube, all you got to ask is that they know you. That's the main thing. Going into Alberta, I mostly wasn't known. And those that did know me hated me. They told me. That's how I know. So I had to do a lot of butt kissing for the last year on this show. <laughs> but it's, it's paid off. And all of a sudden, look who's three and four in viewership for the RP show. Calgary and Edmonton. Yeah. I went through a 45 gallons of chapstick kissing butt in Alberta. Hot but it paid off. <laughs> we will. Hey, from John Ohm. Um, Winnipeg loves Rod. Hard to believe, but here we are. Guess Ferrat coming up. We're going to take a timeout. It is the RP Show Game Plus TV. YouTube live and WQEE, the key, 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson
1: Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
0: New York Fries is a proud member of the Calgary community, and to give back, they're hosting free public skating opportunities at ice rinks around Calgary. Open to families and the general public in support for Kids Sport Calgary. Visit FamilySkateYYC.com for a full list of times and locations. Presented by New York Fries. It's the RP Show, episode number 892 of your favorite daytime sports talk show is on the air. As Venus Flytrap famously said, on the air, I am the air. As we welcome in the moose, Darren Moose DuPont, that phrase means nothing to you. No. As the northern star, does that phrase, Venus Flytrap, mean anything to you, Moose? Be honest
2: no i know okay i know venus flytrap from the george clooney batman okay that's how i know venus flytrap Uh, wasn't she poison ivy the same idea yeah yeah wkrp he was a dj
0: um the sun's coming around the north side forgive me if the shadows start here i'm a radio guy by trade not tv um I was kind of sitting here going, what the hang are we going to talk about now? Let's turn it over to the viewers. But I do have some thoughts that I want to get to, and then we can turn it over to the viewers. Whatever you people want, nine zero two five one eight thirty thirty three is the text line. You can also write in on the YouTube. Um, but I want to point out this. As we sit here and say that Winnipeg is our number two city for viewership, there is news... Out of the Manitoba capital today, All-Star linebacker Adam Big Hill has signed a two-year contract extension with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The 34-year-old Big Hill was scheduled to become a free agent in February 2023. Big Hill was to return to Winnipeg for a fifth, se- or will return to Winnipeg for a fifth season and his 11th in the Canadian Football League. He led the Blue Bombers in total defensive plays this year with 72 tackles, two sacks, one interception, and one tackle for a loss. And to be honest, that sounds like a dip for Biggie, who's a friend of the show. He's just a stud. And I just want to point out that the fans just don't really understand how things go. They don't, and I don't think that they ever will. We spent a lot of time on this show, Darren, trying to educate people as I say, the football people and the hockey people, those are the people that I talk with every day. They don't get horny about the jerseys and the things that the fans do. They just don't. And that's why I think there's a disconnect. And it kind of goes back to, like I skimmed by this very fast. Earlier when I was talking about it. And by the way, I was a little nervous on NHL radio today. Um, and Kevin the Medium says he, could, he couldn't tell. He was listening. But I went back and listened to it. I'm like, I'm talking too fast. Here's a tip for all you wannabe broadcasters. And God knows there's 8 billion of them that have podcasts and think they can do it. Talk really slow. And just when you think you're talking too slow, talk slower. And give time, people time to digest what you're talking about. And I got on there <laughs> with Scott Laughlin today and I'm like, and kind of this, and Matthew could check that, and Paul Maurice, this, and blah, 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 blah. I can tell even he was like. So back on point, Darren. I, please stay with me. I know it's not easy. Everybody, th- here's Big Hill. Why would you leave? Willie Jefferson re-signed on Saturday with Winnipeg, which incidentally I thought was a kind of ironic or ill-timed. We got rivalry weekend in the NFL, or, uh, sorry, college football. A lot of things going on on a Saturday. You don't see too many announcements come down on the weekend. Maybe there's a reason they announced uh, Willie Jefferson's re-signed on a Saturday. Patrick Newfeld had re-signed on the Friday, the day before, and I had people at the Grey Cup parties saying, oh, he's from Regina, for sure he'll sign with the Rough Riders. No, everybody wants to stay in Winnipeg. It's a great culture. They're winning. They're in the Grey Cup every year. Do you see what I'm getting at, Darren? When you have a winning program, it feeds, it builds. And when you, frankly, have a losing program and a culture, people are staying away. What don't fans understand about that?
2: I know. I know. And for Winnipeg, that's three cornerstones of your locker room. Forget about on the field. I mean, they got, I mean, you look at Dalton Schoen, you look at Zach Caleros, you look at some of the playmakers, but these are cornerstones of your culture and your locker room. And you said, you know, with Cardinal Gibbons High School unable to win the three P to the five A <laughs> Florida State Championship, um, this is Winnipeg just as upset. And so instead of being upset, they've sat they they sat down in a room and said, "Screw it, bring them all back. We're going to run the table again, right?" And so that's what they're doing. They're bringing everybody back. They're you know taking another run at this, and it'll look pretty good if they win three out of four, right? So uh, Winnipeg's culture's back and there's no reason to think they won't be just as good and pick up where they left off.
0: And that's the handbook. I go back to this Matthew Barnaby autobiography that I'm three chapters through and I can't wait to pick up tonight and continue. It's a handbook there with what Winnipeg's doing. It's like people pay attention even before they started winning, Darren, because you and I have been around each other a long time since 2015. I was like, watch out for Winnipeg because they're building something. Remember? Mm -hmm. They hadn't even won anything yet, but I just, what I'd heard, because it's a small league and you hear what's going on in other places and, you know, Barnaby's book here where he talked about getting the crap, never won a fight for the first three years of Midget and Junior, but he still got drafted into the NHL by the Buffalo Sabres because the teams liked his try and that he never no matter what, would not give up and accept defeat. No matter what. And look at the career that he had. You know, Matthew Barnaby, which is very unfortunate, isn't it? I knew. Yeah. It's not. The Buffalo Sabres aren't barring Barney's books from their store in the Sabres arena because of the stories are too hot. I wanted to ask Barney when he came on, and I asked it for you, Darren. You know, what's the deal on the Sabres thing? Because I said that they would make miss the playoffs for 12 straight years, and he was right. And the owners are still ticked off in Buffalo. I mean, what are you supposed to say? What I said to you the other day, we're in a time in society where these teams and leagues, you used to be able to criticize. You know, I go listen, rant time for Bronco Plumbing, heating, and cooling. <laughs> With the the Regina Pats not trading Connor Bedard, and the fact that the ownership doesn't want us talking about it, and we've talked to their staff, and they're like, we're not allowed to talk about trading Bedard. In 2010, when I was with the Regina Pats, and we didn't trade Jordan Eberle and Colton Tubert, we were at least allowed to go on the air and my website and talk about the fact that they should be traded, or maybe they won't, but these are the things. They're not even allowed to talk about it now. And the fact that Barney was right about the Sabres not making the playoffs. <laughs> That's why I'm so glad that we're doing this show and we can say what we want. We don't make anybody look bad. We don't. We don't sit here and drop F-bombs. We don't swear. We're very respectful. But these teams, they can't take the truth anymore, man. And I'm a little afraid. Will it ever go back to the way it was?
2: I don't know. I don't see how it can. Yeah, I don't know if it will or not. I mean, it, more so than ever, right? Um, because everything is out there too. So, and it gets called up over and over and over um, that it is, it's a delicate society that we're a part of now. And it's, it's you know, um, delicate about your actions and your words. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but it's definitely different. It's definitely different. And, you know, if it's the media that's not holding, you know, teams and executives accountable Uh, You hope it's happening inside those walls, but I don't know if it always is at every level.
0: I don't think it is. I just got a text message from a guy the other day who said, I got fired by this protein because of something I said on social media. And in the truth, I'm glad I said it because it's true, but I got fired. And I was like, well, thanks for letting me know. But uh, I don't know. I can't. I guess it's because I came through the old school that I can't. (laughs) I just can't go back. And I'll say it again, because off the start of this show, I had this nice little monologue planned today, and because of connection issues and so forth, it got fumbled up. But with me, I was so excited to go on NHL Radio this morning with Scott Laughlin and talk about the Florida Panthers because I've been coming here for over a year. The Panthers were good enough to give me a media pass for the whole season, and I'm sitting there watching the games. I'm like, how come I'm not being asked to talk about the Panthers? Man, these are all my friends. It took over a year for that vision to be manifested to up till today to go on NHL radio and analyze the Florida Panthers. It was, it's awesome, but it takes a while. You can have the vision, but you got to put the steps into action. And it hasn't been easy because people literally thought I was crazy, (laughs) you know, because you've been side by side with me for the last year, hip to hip. Well, not literally, but figuratively. And it takes a lot of gumption to do something like this. But I literally live in the dream. Now sitting here talking sports every day. And it's, you know, pretty cool, too, this goes back to how I started this, talking to Matt DeBuck, the coach of the Cardinal Gibbons Chiefs, calling me today. High school team asked me to come to their poker night on Sunday with a bunch of football guys, and he's still pissed off. They lost their playoff game on Friday night, denying them a third straight 5A Florida State championship. And I'm like, DeBuck, you can't win it every year. You know what he did? He broke out laughing. <laughs> he broke like, yeah, I guess you're right. Of course, you're but right. that's what makes that? that's what makes these guys champions, though, Darren.
2: I know, you know, you know that desire to win every year, and they take some time to celebrate, and then it's right back because the next year you're you're only as good as your last game, your last snap, your last rep. You know, you're whatever you want to say and use all the cliches, but it's true. And these guys, if they're not the reigning champions, they feel like they're not doing their job. So. Uh, That's how you build longevity and and that consistency and and admire those coaches that um, take it that seriously.
0: And won't be able to sleep at night until they do. From Ted in Red Deer, he said, I'm sorry, Rod, I had to leave for a bit. Uh, The writers wouldn't sell your book? That makes me want to read it more now. What is the title of the book? The title is Green Magic. They didn't want to sell it for different reasons than Barney. They did sell it. That's what made it a a bestseller. But then it got cleaned off the shelves once I left the team. Different reasons than, well, similar, but different. They were upset with something that I said about them. Uh, Similar to Barney that way. But you can go to Amazon, search my name, and the books that I've written are there.
2: Um,
0: Oh, somebody's writing about Andrew Harris here in the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. John in Winnipeg who's always got great comments. He says, I bet the Argos running back Andrew Harris has a big smile on his face these days. This is the one thing, and then we're going to break and bring in Gus Farad next. I was thinking of this the other day. Brandon Banks should be partying like Alex Ovechkin or Chris Strebler, right? He left Hamilton because he didn't think he was ever going to win a Grey Cup there, and clearly he was right. Goes and wins it with Toronto. That was hardly even a storyline of the Grey Cup, and I was there. Um, How is a camera not following around Speedy B like it did Alex Ovechkin partying like a rock star? And even Andrew Harris, Like, I haven't seen much at all out of the CFL since the Great Cup ended.
2: Deal or no deal? No. No, you're right. Like, even during that game, as crazy it is. Now, I wasn't watching it on television, so I can't tell you um, what that said. But watching it in the stands, you know, somebody in our section, when Brandon Banks made a play, was like, oh, that's right. Brandon Banks plays for Toronto. They forgot he played with the Argonauts. And that he was in the big game. And you're right, like that could have been one of the big storylines. We talked a lot about Andrew Harris, and that was a big focal point of the week, trying to win his third in a row. And if you're, you know flipping from Winnipeg to Toronto, but yeah, Brandon Banks probably should have been a bigger storyline than it was. And he's got to be celebrating pretty hard. And, and uh, we saw the photos afterwards, uh, how happy he was. But yeah, it was uh, not, very, uh, not very well talked about. No, I just think it's hilarious that I've been getting
0: you know, what I wrote on the weekend on my column about Bo and they getting ripped apart. And I'm like, nobody else is talking about the league right now. Nobody. There should be GoPros on the team, the players that won the great cup. and They just went away. And I'm like, you guy, you just, you're never going to get it. Is Gus in? Oh. Okay, we're going to get Gus Farad here right away. So anyway, we'll do it. We're visible every day. Like Monday morning, I got up and I'm like, oh, week 12 in the NFL. I'm going to have to listen to all these overreactions. And Zach Wilson will never play again for the Jets. And Aaron Rodgers is done. And, but they're there every day. Yeah. Day in and day out. You can't go away. If you want 101, exposure 101 while the NFL and its popularity is that, that's it. Moose, I'll see you back here in a bit. Okay, sounds good. It's the RP show, Game Plus TV, YouTube Live. Pro Bowler, Guess for Rod coming up next. WQEE 99.1 FM.
1: Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
0: Beautiful day here in South Florida as we're talking sports episode 892 of your favorite daytime sports talk show live on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live, and on the radio WQEE in Metro Atlanta as the sun's rolling in here. Apologize for the shadows, but um, let's bring him in now. 15 seasons and the National Football League Pro Bowl quarterback Gus Farratt joins us today. What is going on, Gus? You got a bet going with somebody or what is the deal with that beard?
1: It's hockey season, Rod. Don't you know that? You wear a beard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Very Viking-esque, I might say. Hockey <laughs> season there in the Pittsburgh area. I got gotcha. you. Gus, can we jump right into it with the topical stuff? Uh, a, your thoughts on Jeff Saturday being named head coach of the Colts. He's 1-2 now, and now he's being criticized for time management, clock management at the end of the Monday Night Football last night. What are your thoughts on all that in the 24-17 loss to the Steelers?
1: Well, I, you know, I just think, I think Jeff's a great guy, great player. Um, Obviously when you go into a situation where you're coaching, he's the players are going to love him, right? He's been one of the guys in the locker room forever. Uh, He's been a leader forever. He knows how to do those things. I think there's just little things that go on with coaching that you have to learn over time that, that as a player, you're not part of, and you don't get to see those things when you're uh, with a team, right? If you're a player. Uh, So I think he'll learn those things uh, from what I understand the. You know, the guys love him, but I think that with Jeff, there's going to be a learning curve. Great guy. Players love him. It's going to be an interesting thing to see the last part of the season with him and see if he really thinks this is something that he wants to do for another 10 years.
0: Well, and that's my question to you because I know the coaches are upset and I'm sitting here with other coaches in the industry and I'm wondering, is Jeff going to change the way football's done or is this going to end the way that we all kind of think? it's going to end.
1: Um, he he may change a few things, but there's been a lot of guys who've been players that are coaches. Obviously we see him all the time and Mike Vrabel and other guys like that. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think there's, there's always a a way that a a coach, you know, takes his team because of what he believes and what he wants to do. I know there are other people, uh, that are upset because they kind of left out a lot of people, but it's, it's, it's an intermediate decision. And I think it's one that the owner said, okay, let's see it. He's a fan favorite. We might not be that great this year, but I can bring in a guy that everybody loves here in Indy. And maybe that'll take down some of the hard times that we're having because we saw last night that, you know, you go through a whole first quarter and you don't have one yard of offense. It's pretty tough.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And can you imagine, like, if you were the Colts, which I don't believe you played in Indy, but every market's the same. Where do you come back from this other than one step at a time? It's a long road for them.
1: It is a long road. I think that the, to me, the Colts, the biggest issue is they've been searching for a quarterback. They brought in Phillip Rivers and then Carson Wentz and now Matt Ryan instead of just going to get one of those top draft picks, trading up to get them to get that quarterback that's going to be theirs for the future. They knew that when they got Matt Ryan, he wasn't going to be probably there for more than a year or two. And um, he's probably, this will probably be his last year playing. I mean, in all reality, uh, you know, all the great things that he's done, but they've been searching for that position. And I think that's the position that they're looking to fill. They got, they've had a great line. They've had some injuries, but that line will get healthy. They'll be back. They have an incredible running back. I think they're just missing a quarterback.
0: Uh, Well, then they'll have a chance probably to, if they're in the top two picks, to get one. Um, Are you a believer in this? Like the Falcons, where we're on the air in Metro Atlanta right now, WQEE, I don't think we're expecting to be this good. Now, they're below 500 record, but they could win the division. Um, Do you think that they're winning too much in terms of this upcoming draft class?
1: No, I don't think so. I think they should have won the last game. I don't know how they ran the ball so well against the commanders. And then all of a sudden at the end of the game, they want to throw it when they get down to the goal line. Um, There's just certain things like that, that, that when I watch games and I watch coaching, uh, my mind just kind of says, okay, what are we doing? Uh, But, um, you know, they, they have a good team. The coach has done a great job down there. He's put a lot of good players uh, in and they're playing well. He's doing something right that the players want to play for them. They might not have all the pieces, but it's the NFL. Every time you go out in that field as a player, you're auditioning for that team or some other team. So, um, you know, winning always helps with emotions, helps everyone play better. And you're always out there promoting yourself and trying to win for your team.
0: Sure. Well, Terry Fontenot, the general manager of the Falcons, said going into the year, we're going to take it on the chin this year. And we all expected that. I'm just saying they've been better than I think even they thought. And what does this say about Arthur Smith? But there's, uh, I think I read there's four teams in a playoff spot as we sit here today that weren't last year. We're two-thirds of the way into the season, Gus. One of those is the Dolphins. Like, uh, what are you seeing out of the Finns here? And do you think they're going to, well, they're in a tough division, but they could could win it.
1: Well, they got the best receivers coach in the league in Wes Welker, uh, you know, he's my buddy, so I got to say that. So, uh, but Wes is, <laughs> I mean, their receiving core uh, with their quarterback, their head coach and how smart he is and the way he puts plays together. It reminds me a little bit of like the Andy Reid uh, kind of offense where, you know, they're attacking. They're not just running the same old routes or getting their guys open. Obviously, with Waddle and Tyreek Hill, the speed helps uh, with, with a good running game and everything else. And then they have a pretty good defense. So I think if you went back and looked at the beginning of the season and you listened to what everybody said, Tampa Bay probably was picked to be the Super Bowl champ and all this other stuff. We look at the Rams they are on their fourth quarterback. I think, you know, the season changes so vast. And, and that's what's amazing about the NFL is everyone has a shot. to to go and do well. Uh, You just never know what's going to happen.
0: Ryan in Saratoga, New York wants to know, given the play of Mike White on the weekend, when do we see Zach Wilson again behind center for the New York Jets?
1: Uh, It's going to be a long time. Uh, You know, I told, I was talking to my son Gabe last night and we were saying about, you know, there's Zach Wilson, the number one pick. Uh, he's had some turmoil. He's dealing with New York media, the Jets. It's a tough place coming from, you know, Utah. And now all of a sudden he said some things that people don't like. Now he's not playing. And all of a sudden the kid that comes in and replaces them, uh, you know, it's, it's played pretty well. And those fans are going to grab onto him because they know they have a good defense. They know they have a pretty good team and they really love their coach. So if they get a kid in who can not turn over the ball, get the ball to the playmakers on the team, I don't know if Zach Wilson gets back under center.
0: Yeah, that's unfortunate. I feel like it's a kid that made a mistake, but if the backup's winning, there's no way that he can get in there. And lastly for you, yeah, uh, Gus. I've seen that you, in my you career, you talk, Rod. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, though, this 15 years, what would you attribute that to? Your longevity?
1: You know, it's just when you get an opportunity, you got to make the most of it. Yeah, you you know, I've I played a lot of Football in the NFL. Um, You know, I was a seventh round pick, had a kid that was first rounder in front of me. And I think it's just something that you go out and it's hard work. Uh, You dig into the playbook. Um, If you hear them talk about Trevor Lawrence, he was saying how, you know, the playbook was so important to him this year to understand the plays, where to go with the football. And that was always my mindset. And I was given one ability was to pick up a football and be able to throw it at any time coming off the bench starting a game it didn't matter I was able to do that and just uh, I think the other part for me was just understanding the offenses I played in several different offenses it's like learning a new language and and to understand those to go in and and be good to win a game uh, for a coach whether it's starter or backup and coming in I think that was immensely uh, invaluable to, to me to be able to stay in the league as long as I did.
0: Lastly, NFLAVpodcast.com. I understand it's going very well. Tell us about that. It's, uh, it's very cool. Tell our viewers, please.
1: It is very cool. Uh, what we did, I, I was podcasting for a long time since 2018. I mean, when I started, there were probably five or 600,000 podcasts. And, uh, you know, as I went through the pandemic and w- was doing it, I always love the conversations I have with people. Um, I wasn't very good at at going out and marketing and selling myself and that wasn't what was important to me. And I know a lot of guys were in that same boat. So this past year, uh, uh NFL alumni ventures approached me and said, Hey, we know you've been podcasting. Do you want to come and help us build this network? And I said, sure, let's do it for the guys." So it's, it's former players building a new network for former players. So we got a Brown show. We got a Bengal show. We got, a. uh, a uh, new uh, Titan show coming up. We got a Packers show with the Mon Green, Dorsey Levins and Gilbert Brown. So uh, we got a bunch of shows on there. And I think by the end of the year, we'll probably have 20 shows in our network. And hopefully by the end of 23 in the start of next football season, we'll have a show for every team out there. And it's going to be all former NFL players. So, which is great. And the great thing about it is it's raw, unfiltered football. Our guys, we, there's, we're not telling them what they say, what to say, what they can't say. Obviously, if you go on there and look at the Lawrence Taylor clips, um, somebody asked him, Lawrence, if you were a defensive end in the in the game today, what would happen? And he said, well, I would be delivering enemas every week. So that's what our, our network is about. It's raw and unfiltered, and, and we love it.
0: NFLAVpodcast.com. Check it out, everybody. Gus, thanks for the time. Enjoy the hockey, man. Good luck.
1: All right, Rod. I'm going to stay in my beard and go Penguins. I like it. <laughs> All right. A Pro
0: Bowl quarterback, Gus Ferrat joining us from the Steel City. Viewer takeover coming up next in overtime. It is the RP Show on Game Plus TV. YouTube Live, your favorite podcast platform in WQEE 99.1 FM.
1: Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
0: Okay, here we go. One final time. It is overtime, as we like to say, like to call it. It's brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the UFC and the National Football League, because it is the biggest league in the world. And let's bring the moose back in here. I'm fiddling around with the lighting. I know our listeners on radio won't care about that, Darren, but um, it just gets so bloody bright. You know, they call it the sunshine state for a reason. Yeah, you, you are as clear as a bell there. You got it all
2: figured out. Am I like
0: one big blob <laughs> or is it all right? What do you what no, did no. you see?
2: It, it's not as bad as, you, as you're making it out to be or think that it is. But uh, we know when you get in the shadows, yeah, it, it can be a thing. But you know what? That's part of you being in Florida. And I think uh, it's cool when you're in the sun, when you're in the shade. Yeah, it's good. You look good. Yeah,
0: life, life is good. It just it has my dang fence over my shoulder. And like I say, it looks like a hillbilly's teeth. I'm embarrassed by it, so I'm trying to, trying to change that up a little bit. Um, by the way, we asked our viewers to pick up the phone and text RP, no matter where you're listening. A guy in Medicine Hat writes in, Jer, Big Jer is his name. In Medicine Hat, Calgary Corral, Dennis and Bobby Hull. Was it the Centennial Hockey League? I don't know, Jerry, I wasn't there. You tell me. He's like, I'm glad that he picked up the phone and texted me, but I don't know what league it was before I was born, dude. But it is fun to, you know, get people to check the memory banks and, uh, you know, with that kind of thing and the audience participation. They're making fun of Gus's beard. Some people are. Well, no, Wayne in BC says Gus's beard reminded me of Matt Dunnigan's beard. LOL. Both look very sharp. Allie in Texas says, it was a nice-looking beard. I thought it was too, but if I grew a beard, man, because Gus and I are about the same age, you would be as white as that, and I just don't think I could handle doing that.
2: Um, when are you going to grow yours back? Any plans? It's summertime. Usually, I always grew it yeah. back in the traditional. I know, right? But I, I, I grew it in the summer um, because I was, you know, calling hockey and football games, doing television stuff. Now we do this show all year round that I don't know if it matters when I have it, when I don't have it. How's your mom feel about your beard? Um, I think she warmed up to the idea over the last little while. She warmed up to it. So you know what? Maybe at Christmas time, I bring it back. Well, your dad
0: has a beard down to his belly button. So clearly your mom ha. likes it.
2: So I've, Yeah, it's, it's not quite. It's about here. And I've never in my life seen my dad without the beard. In my entire life. That's cool. 35 years. going to be let's 36 them. years. Let's, let's hold him down sometime. Shave it off. Poor poor guy. Yeah, I've always thought about that, but I'm like, I'd have to do it in the sleep, and I would get one half a razor across, and he would grab me by the throat, and I would, like, from his sleep, and I would be done. So I never wanted to do it.
0: Ryan in New York says Gus's beard is glorious. Al Broderick says another great show, Rod. Hit the like button. Um, thank you, Al. Al Lee in Texarkana threw me for a loop. She writes in and says, you should totally grow a beard rod. That's not going to happen. So don't hold your breath. I don't want to dash your hopes. It's never going to happen. When I was playing senior hockey back in Sask, back in the day, we all were going to grow beards and mine grew in red. I was like 18, maybe 19.
2: I'm like, nope. What about, that was the end of that. what about when you're older, like Letterman style, you know, when it's white and not red? Because Letterman looks very regal with the beard now. He wouldn't have looked it back in the day, but now with the beard, it kind of looks cool. Yeah, I don't like it on him.
0: Uh, Kevin, the medium says, I'm going to listen to the repeat. What, you're going to listen to the show again for a second time? I advocate that. Good for you. Uh, and from WQEE says enjoyed the show again today. Thank you, Ryan O Radio. Don't be afraid to hit us up with any messages, any requests that you may have, Ryan O Radio. We like to, we aim to please. Last minute of play in the RP show.
2: Last minute, Raptors, Cavs last night. Mushi got thirty seconds. How was it? What's your report? It was awesome, and your boy Gary Trent Jr. had a great game. Um, one thing game. I'll tell you, the Raptors, the Raptors are ready to make a push. They're healthy between Freddie and Spicy P and Gary Trent Jr. and Ananobi. They really spread around the scoring last night. So that's going to be really key.
0: Sounds good. Oh, Kevin said he was giving a reading. He was giving a reading to Serena. I can't wait to hear how that went. Moose, you go have fun. A great Toronto day. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Say hey to the dungster, and uh, we'll catch you back here tomorrow. See you tomorrow. It was a busy one. Thanks to Ryan Leslie, Matthew Barnaby, Gus Farratt. And uh, tonight, Flames, Panthers should be a doozy. We'll be talking about it here tomorrow. Game Plus and WQ. Who has more fun than us? (laughs)